Welcome back to Chit Talk, where we talk about really good shit. My name is Annika. And my name is Rithu. Follow us on our socials, here to Chit Talk and Instagram for sneak previews, audio clips, and more. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. Let's dive in. And welcome back to yet another episode of Chit Talk with your hosts, Rithu and Annika. We have another really exciting guest speaker on our show this week, Matthew Mojo Jones, who is here with us today to chat about being a writer, producer, director, and to talk about art as a medium to educate others. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today, and we're so thrilled to have you on our platform to engage with our listeners. So I, I have to ask, where does Mojo come from? Is that like a middle name? Is that a nickname? So that's a great question. Oftentimes people think it's a combination between Matthew and Jones, mm-hmm. um, but that would be Majo. It actually came because <laughs> I was working at, <laughs> I worked at Apple over 10 years ago and I was just in the middle of a sale and my store leader came up to me and stopped me and said, Mojo. So I guess there was some mojo happening there and all of my friends at Apple called me that. So I like to tell people I've had my mojo since 2009 and it's been, you know, that way ever since. Right. I tell people like my name, I'm like Matthew. They're like, cool. But I go by mojo. They're like, oh, cool. Mojo. So (laughs) I just go with that. When I saw Mojo the first time, I thought your name was Mojo because Johan mentioned you. He was like, oh yeah, Mojo will join us. And I was like, who? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was like, who's joining us? I, I was reading as like Mojo Jojo from like the villain from the Powerpuff oh, Girls. so much. Yeah, yeah, you must get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but it's fun. It's my my persona, my brand, I guess. So yeah. that's Mojo. Yeah, well, tell us a little bit more about your brand. I know that you got started in branding and marketing first for Rainbow mm-hmm. Creative. Yeah, so I actually, it kind of formed from my career over time um, is how the company was formed. So I started working in marketing at Disney actually um, a while back and I did digital marketing there for three years and it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I went to an ad agency. So I actually found a love in marketing um, and which was really odd for me because after graduating with a film degree, I was thinking, oh, you know, I just want a three picture deal and I want to make movies. But Mm -hmm. really my, (laughs) one of my strongest strengths is producing. My mentor in college actually told me that I'm going to be a producer more than a director. And at first I was like, no, I'm going to be a director, but I just produce (laughs) naturally. I just love making content. So it was when I got the job at Disney when I realized, oh, marketing is actually amazing because you can spend days or weeks on a project, then it's out and then it's on to the next one. And being someone who is a creator and I just love creating all the time and have a big creative mind, this is something that was interesting to me. So Rainbow Creative came after I retired from the co-working world. I actually worked in co-working for five years and managing buildings. And that was a really fun experience somewhere I didn't see myself going, but it actually taught me a lot about business because Mm. I worked with some pretty big startups in that space. So it was a combination of marketing experience, learning about how to run a business, creating a huge network of people, and being surrounded by entrepreneurs all the time that Rainbow Creative came to be. So when I left one of my co-working spaces, I started working for it on the side, and now I'm doing it full time. So that's pretty much the story of how it came together. That's so great that you were like, you know, 
self-starting and you just decided to go on your way and you were just like, you know, this is going to be for me. And I find this super interesting and you just went off and did it. That's so cool. How did you decide to create your very own brand and collaborative space for creatives? Like what was that sort of incentive for you? So oftentimes I get people coming to me saying, Matthew, can you make my documentary? Can you make my commercial? Can you make my feature? Um, And it's really funny when people see that you make movies. And it's so interesting I get these questions because I make dramas. Like they're not like comedies or commercials, but Mm -hmm. people see my, I guess, creative eye and ask me to work on their projects. So oftentimes I found myself referring to a lot of people and referring creatives to people. And I realized, I was like, what if there was one place that a brand could come and be connected to a creative? So I basically created a community of all my friends and then started expanding the network through different groups I became a part of to create a community of creators. So what Rainbow Creative is, is a community of creators where if a brand will come to us and say they want a video done, I'll actually match them with a creative who actually okay. want to work on their project. Mm-hmm. So That's I don't so just match awesome. them. <laughs> Thank you. Really so neat. I don't just match them with anybody. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so for example, I had a fitness app that I was working with in San Francisco and one of my DPs, Justin, he, or one of the DPs I work with, Justin, he's in a CrossFit. So he was a natural selection to okay. be attached to this project. So mm-hmm. he feels like he's working on passion projects since he's passionate about fitness and therefore you can probably get better creative juices out of that. Yeah, that's that's really interesting because I don't feel like we have a collaborative space like that online or offline in Vancouver because I feel like people in Vancouver, they do it very individually or mm-hmm. like they would know they someone and then they would like get another person, but they're not as collaborative as, you know, like what you're doing right now. So yeah, that's very eye-opening. Thank and you. I think that's yeah. a, a really fresh, it's a fresh perspective because like, I, I think, I don't remember who I was talking to a while ago, but you know, people were talking about business relationships mm-hmm. in Vancouver mm-hmm. and they were talking about how that's very much very similar to dating. Like you just play yeah. like a lot of back and forth, like the Vancouver dating scene is similar to the Vancouver business scene and the fact that there's a lot of like back and forth and like mixed signals, not really knowing like what exactly is happening. And then- <laughs> Like eventually, eventually you accidentally get into a partnership and then you just stay that way. Like there's no active, there's no like active engagement or like Mm. movement towards creating a collaborative group of any kind. Yeah. Or like, you know, creating these nuclear, really close bodied, um, meaningful networks or meaningful, you know, relationships they have with other people through that collaborative space that you've created. What's so funny is that I actually, I should attribute it because the more you're talking about it, and I'm like, this isn't my original like idea as far as creating a community oh, of creators. Okay. I mean, I did come up with it, but I worked for WeWork and WeWork is a collaborative community of creators. Mm-hmm. So it's a network of co-working spaces, but really what they sold themselves as was a um, creative community. And I worked there for, you know, uh, over two years and I really breathed it and lived it. So naturally, you know, it makes sense that I would branch off and do something that I loved because that's the aspect of the business that I love so much. And it's completely different. I mean, they sell office space, but what I've put together is really a network of people helping people. Because I think what's great about it is that a lot of times you want to be referred by a friend. And I actually work to be that friend. 
So essentially, I'm like an agent for all these creatives. You know, I'm their yeah. friend. So when a brand comes to me, I say, oh, you should work with my friend, this person. You should work with my friend, this person. So we make sure to partner them together is how I like to phrase the relationships. So it feels like more of a partnership versus a client relationship. I actually don't like the name client because it feels very transactional. I prefer partner because if somebody is giving you money for it, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm investing my money into my dream. It's not just a business relationship. Now, of course it's business, but the things that really take it to the next step, the stories that come out of things that are really great are people who really have a symbiotic, like beautiful relationship. And I try to be that bridge between the branding and the creative to help make that happen. Yeah, as a completely side anecdote, um, Ruthu and I actually worked at a brand management slash media slash entertainment agency, which mm-hmm. was actually at a co-sharing workspace at WeWork here in Vancouver. That's so, funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really, I really miss the happy hour Thursdays. And Me like, too. <laughs> Me too. The snacks. I miss like, the that I think. Uh, yeah, I think that the the part that we miss the most is like having that networking capability within the office. I think we made a lot of like, we made a lot of friends just going into WeWork and just like kind of meeting people and networking that way. And they would have networking events as well. And we'd go to them and we'd meet people. And I think that mm. it's kind of harder to do as a young adult. I don't know about you guys, but like sometimes yeah. it's hard <laughs> to, yeah, especially during COVID. Yeah. Um, right. But um, Matthew, I, I just I remember you saying that you went to you went to school for film. So what what kind mm-hmm. of inspired you to go into film for your your post secondary education? So I went to Biola University for film, and I started making movies. And I actually started making plays when I was a kid. So when I was a kid, I wasn't the type of kid that like ran outside and played basketball or liked to get dirty. I was like all about like writing scripts and creating things. Mm-hmm. So the first play I actually made, my brother was the actor and I had a bunk bed and we put the blanket over the bunk bed like it's a curtain and I would write these shows and perform them for my mom and dad. So <laughs> that's just what I did for so fun. Cute. <laughs> and then um, I remember my mom immediately put my brother and I into acting school. So I really grew up in the arts mm-hmm. and in high school, I started making some movies. My dad bought me a camera for Christmas. And when I was looking at college, I saw that film was an option. And I thought, oh, that's easy. I love doing this. I want to like go into film. And it's not easy at all. Um, But it was, (laughs) yeah, but it was my love. And I applied to um, a bunch of film schools. I I, um, initially landed, well, not initially, I ended up landing at Biola and it was an amazing experience. So we really drove me to do film was just my love for the arts. Um, I was fortunate to have a mom who had really, mom and dad who really encouraged the arts from the early on um, and really promoted that. Now they also did promote like get a job and take business classes and this, that, and the other. But as long <laughs> as like, I got good grades, I got a camera and can make movies. So I fell into that and in college was an incredible experience, made some amazing stuff, got in film festivals, did the awards thing, and feel wow. like an amazing community out of that. And once that started to happen, I thought, oh, I guess I should continue doing this because mm-hmm. I love it and people are receptive to it. So yeah. I always just want to create. So it's really interesting, like going to marketing because I thought I would always just tell stories, but that w- that's what marketing is. 
it's telling stories. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually glad that my parents really encouraged me to learn a lot about business as well, because I've been able to melt those two brands together. Um, I don't think I've been, would be able to start the business like I've started without that initial framework, groundwork, and then the job that I got after that. Yeah. You mentioned film festivals. What sort of projects have you submitted into film festivals? Or tell me like a little bit more about the projects that you've done in the past or that you're working on at the moment. Certainly. Yeah. So my um, first films that I made years ago um, in college, my film Be the Man's probably had the most success. It got a Director's Good of America Student Film Award when I was 18. And it played at the Urban Work Film Festival and in New York. It played on BET. It played on Magic Johnson's Inspire Network. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. One of my films played in Amsterdam. I just literally just applied to any festival. (laughs) (laughs) to see what would take me the pan-african film festival Mm -hmm. so it's just really funny like in college i like made this movie and then just put it out there and people said yes and i was like oh cool (laughs) you know i was (laughs) traveling to new york and san francisco and you know 18 and um i continued making more projects after that my film choices got the caucus foundation grant which is a pretty big post-production grant organization out here in la and yeah i just continued making films after that so I made most of my films in college and a little after college and took a break to focus on getting a job because that's reality when you graduate, you know, student loans come knocking and I'm like, oh, you have to pay that. So I can't, (laughs) (laughs) like as much as I wanted to be a struggling artist, Sally Mae was like, nope, that's not the way this works. (laughs) So I um, got a job and I did stuff on the side. um, But after I established myself like in business, I was like, okay, it's time to do stuff again. And I really restarted about two years ago with my film Human. And my film Human is actually a Black Lives Matter film. And that was a subject that was very heavy on my heart because in the U.S., Black Lives Matter is a huge issue. There's still big racial tensions. I mean, of course, all around the world, but, you know, this was my focus. And I ended up meeting this amazing artist. She's a poet named Ariel Astoria, and she made a piece called Human. And immediately when I listened to it, I started weeping and I reached out to her after a meeting. I said, I have an idea to turn this into a movie. So we worked together to turn it into a film. And from there, I started really like making um, more films again. So that film, we did a national tour of it in 2018. So we went to um, LA, we had an LA theatrical run, San Francisco, New York, New Orleans, DC. And the structure of that, I wanted to actually go the different route than the film festival route. I wanted to create my own type of discussion because with film festivals, I mean, they're expensive. Like you spend the yeah. like, amount, you get a lot of rejection letters, you have to travel to them and you have like one slot and they're great for what they do. I mean, you network, you get it out there. But my thing was, I want to like really have an evening where we talk about this and I use it as an opportunity to showcase some other films from other filmmakers, as well as some of my past films with human being the main one. So we did that and a success. We had people come and engage in amazing discussions. And it was exactly what I wanted it to be because I was able to, you know, have different moderators in different cities facilitate some amazing discussions to really go deeper into the film um, because I wanted it to make an impact. And right now it lives online um, for anybody just to share. And we ask them if you're compelled to donate to some organizations that we've selected. Um, awesome. But yeah. Yeah. So that's the last project I did. And my current project that I'm in pre-production on right now is called Level 12. 
and it's a short film about the school to prison system. So it was got it was brought to me um, by one of my friends from high school who was um, a facilitator at a group home for over 12 years. And he told us about that whole experience. And when he told me all these stories, it was very shocking, you know, hearing how kids are locked up, you know, and there's a lot to that. There's the socioeconomic aspect of it. There's, I mean, just so many aspects of it. So we really dive deep yeah. into the complexities of it. And um, that one, we've started the um, fundraiser that we're still um, running right now. And we're going to shoot when it's safe to do so. Because, you know, there's this thing called Miss oh, Roma yeah, going around. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to shoot when it's safe. Um, but right now, we're just um, saving up the money. But we already have started the pre-production process. So nice. that's where I am with the film stuff. I know that you mentioned previously that your first, um, well, not your first one, but your most recent um short film was created in 2018 now yeah. that was before the huge black lives matter movement that sprung up just recently that just resonated around the world right like even mm-hmm. here in vancouver there was just so many protests and marches and such yeah. and it was just so incredible to see this has your filmed human how has that like resonated in people today like how has that you know affected people in a positive way or sure i mean I definitely re-released it when the uprising happened. And what was interesting was that when we made the film, it was right after Mike Brown and um, Trayvon Martin happened. So, I mean, there were protests, but not like the uprising around the world now. But I knew I needed to make it to get it out there. And I knew something else was going to happen. And unfortunately, it did. Um, And it was actually weird to re-release it. So I was like, oh, crap, you know people should be listening. Um, but what's been great about it is that I did re-release it and it got some traction naturally. Um, and it really opened up a lot of conversations. And that's exactly what I wanted um, the film to do. Um, now, a vision for the film that we're actually still working on, um, amongst the million things I'm working on, is to actually create a learning guide with it. Okay. So what we want is um, for the learning guide to say, you know, read Race Matters, read Tallahassee Codes, Between the World and Me, here are some discussion questions to discuss within your families and your church groups and your organizations and give this to your cop friends and everything. Um, the piece is one of the most powerful pieces I've seen on it. I mean, I didn't write it. It's the beauty of Ariel who wrote it. But one of her lines in it, she says, I'm afraid to fall in love with a black man because is that not the same as putting a ticking time bomb on my heart? Wow. And that's just one line. Out I can of understand mi- why you weep. <laughs> right. And that's just one line out of many. And like, you know, that's powerful. She says, yeah, she says, you know, Jesus, we come back. Can you say I created them too? I made them too. They're not taking up more space than they have intended to. So how can someone look at a film and listen to those words like that and not think, holy crap, I need to do something about this. I need to yeah, rethink right. my prejudice or I need to like not look at that video and say, but look at what he did instead of like thinking, oh my goodness, a human being was just killed. Did he have to be killed? Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, the plan for that is just to continue to have it live online. And um, my purpose for it is to direct people to the re- to the organizations that are doing work in this space. You know, I made this film to call attention to that, not to call attention to myself. It was more of, you know, donate to these organizations or get out the street and protest if you feel it's safe to do so, and this, that, and the other. And if our listeners were to, if they wanted to, you know, extend a hand and help out with any of the fundraisers, where would you direct them to? 
So my website is findyourrainbow.com and that's find your rainbow with one R, not two R's. Um, so findyourrainbow.com and there's different tabs where you can see our different projects. Cool. So you can tap on human and you can watch that film and see the resources that we've connected to. Um, and then you can also see level 12, um, which gives um, some information about the film and ways to support dollar accounts because um, we're just doing it out of the love of our hearts. And yeah, and there you can see all the projects that I've been Awesome. I know that you're juggling multiple projects at the moment. You've got like a lot in your hands, even though, you know, this one's currently on hold just because of the COVID, you know, but you're in pre-production at the moment. How, yeah. how do you break down your time amongst other projects? And like, how do you prioritize your work and creativity? What's your you know, workflow or process? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, when I started getting busier, first I bought a whiteboard because <laughs> I was like, my mind has a million ideas. I need to mm -hmm. write things down. And I basically break it up in quadrants. There's probably about four to six projects I'm working on right now. Okay. And each of them has a timeline. Um, I'd say I'm full right now, so I can't really take on anything else. Um, but each of them has a timeline and an end date. So um, with the podcast that I'm producing with Rithu, you know, that one is in um, process and it has, you know, the whole season is already lined out. We know where we are with things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I pretty much break my day in conference. So I pull up my to-do list. I just create actionable stuff that I could achieve. And then I have dates to hit all of it. So, you know, I wake up in the morning, I usually do a workout, listen to some Beyonce, get some coffee. Nice. Um, and, <laughs> and then I start. That's a good way to start off any day. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> always, you know. Um, and like, listen to the spirit, it just fills my spirit. Um, so I just like go through the day and go project by project. You know, what needs to be done in Centile on this project? You know, level 12, this is where we're at with the script. You know, from the future with love, the podcast is where we're at with that. Um, I'm producing, uh, my main source of work right now is coming and doing real estate videos. Oh. So uh, my company is has a one-stop shop for all photo, video, and VR needs for real estate agents. We make media for them. And during um, a pandemic, people are actually still selling their homes. The market's actually really high in the U.S. right now, Okay. surprisingly. Oh, <laughs> um, and surprising. Yeah, and the only way for them to sell their homes, for the most part, to really get people interested is now virtual versus normally there will be 100 people walking through your home, which you don't want to do anymore. Yeah. So I've been putting a lot of effort towards that, and that's actually been fun since I did work in real estate for so long. Um, okay. It's been a great combination of creativity, yeah, and real estate. So, you know, a lot of my time is being put towards that. And yeah, I'm producing another podcast as well. So there's a lot going on, um, but pretty much it's like, I have my like four to six quadrants. I see what's going on in the day. My meetings, uh, I have meetings all day and I'm on calls. But for me, it's exciting because everything is creating something. You know, the podcast that we're doing um, is just about future-based language and changing the world. And then real estate videos, just making it fun and making the social justice movie. So I have a ton of interest and I basically put that under Rainbow Creative because I was like, hey, let's just make it a company. And here we are. So tell me a little bit more about, you know, I know that you and Rithu are working on a project. I want to hear like a little mm -hmm. bit more about how you guys met, how you guys connected as well. Yeah. So I reached out to Johan um, about an idea to do a podcast on race in America. And he said, actually, um, there's some people who want to 
do a podcast with me and he connects me to um, read through. Um, and we literally just got on a call. So we've never met in person. Um, we've had tons of calls <laughs> from LA to Vancouver. Yeah, we have, and, but you have to come out here. That's what I keep telling you. I do. I well, I'm banned right now, but. <laughs> yeah, when it gets safer yeah. though, come, come over here during the summertime. We'll show you around. Oh my goodness. It's only summertime. It's so nice like in the summertime. Three months. Three months. <laughs> All right, because it gets really cold there, right? It's super. It's rainy. just rainy, it's torrential yeah. downpour. Yeah. Yeah. But gotcha. um, yeah. I mean, like, I feel so grateful to have met you because we have. First of all, you're like a kindred spirit. I feel like I've oh, met someone true. that I work so well with on a professional, in a professional capacity. And I feel like that's so rare and far and few in between. So I'm very, mm -hmm. very thankful for that. And like, I didn't even realize because earlier you were talking about like collaboration and like partnering people with other things. And I didn't even realize that's what happened with us and like all the yeah. things that we were doing in the happened. podcast that we're producing. And I was yeah. like, wait a second. <laughs> and I was like, did I get bamboozled by Matthew? <laughs> to, like, yeah, bamboozled. <laughs> it's just what I do. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. I mean, like, I'm, I'm curious, how, how did you like for all of your other projects, like how did you meet all of the creatives? Are they, like you mentioned some of them are friends, but are there any other ways that you met them or is it like word of mouth? How did you get to meet so many cool, talented people? I mean, I'm a huge people person. So I go to every party I get invited to pretty much. Um, and, more, you, know, you heard that? <laughs> more parties. <laughs> more parties. Um, but yeah. it started off in um, in college. Most of the people in my um, film program stayed here. Mm -hmm. um, so we just naturally just continued working with each other. When I went to the Bay Area, I actually just intentionally went to networking events. Um, like there was a Bay Area film group. And I went to the networking events and I passed out my business card to meet them and um, ended up hiring people off of that when I got client work. Um, and when I say go to parties, I mean, every industry thing that I can go to, you know, people ask, what do you do? And I end up talking about myself and they're like, oh, I have this friend or I do this or I do that. And yeah. I give them my card and just build it from there. Um, so one of my things is I'm just a huge extrovert and a people person. And I really love like helping people get work. And that just brings me joy. Like thinking about how many independent and self-employed people are out there. For the most part, they're doing it themselves. And um, some people have the business acumen. Some people are extroverts. Some people are introverts. But what if there was someone who or a team that would like work on their behalf? And that's what I want to do. Ultimately, my purpose of this company is to um, do good in the world. I just want to make good work and connect people and help them bring good into their lives. And that's just the basis of my company. You know, our, our rates are actually pretty affordable. I mean, we, I work to get at the creative scale rate. So I always work to, you know, get them worth their worth. But overall, when a company comes to me versus going with like a big agency or something, what's unique about it is that if you're just going to me, you're probably going to get a lower rate than that. And you get to work directly with the creative and you're contributing to the gig economy and self-employed people and things. So I'm just all about dreamers and people want to do what they want to do. And if I have, you know, any type of skills that I can help out, that's why I made the company. So I just find joy connecting people. I mean, some productions, the, the, like the, all the marketing videos and the real estate videos I do are great, but I do that so I can make my social justice projects. Because ultimately, um, I feel that with this talent, I want to tell great stories and change the world.
And how large is your your team at Rainbow Creative at the moment? So as far as core team, it's very small. It's me and two other friends who help me with the administrative stuff, project by project. Um, And right now they're not going to be doing much because I'm doing most of it. I should give them more stuff to do. So it's very grassroots, you know, out of my pocket, bootstrapping organization. And as far as the creatives we work with, there's, I don't even know how many (laughs) there are. I mean, I'd say probably like 20 I can call on pretty easily. Um, and then if I need somebody in Vancouver, like I'll probably call you and say, Hey, do you have somebody in Vancouver? And now they're part of the rainbow creative network. So it's yeah, pretty, whatever. And yeah, there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty unlimited when it comes to what I want to do. I actually had a call, a partnership call with a tech company who's working with me now on to be their production company. And they asked me, they were like, can you launch in New York? Can you launch here? And the answer is yes, because I know people there. And if I don't know, I'm going to make it happen. I mean, I just want to create like a huge network of creatives and then my team really help be the Spider-Man of sorts connecting them. Yeah. If you ever want to expand out to BC or Canada, just let us know and we'll be there. We'll show up. (laughs) Done. I would love to. Great excuse to travel. An excuse to travel. Do you ever feel overwhelmed with all the projects that you're doing or any of the work that you're doing at the moment? Yeah, there's times, I mean, because you see that, like, you know, I am working on so many different projects, um, but being able to work with high capacity people like, you know, Rithu has been like a joy. So like with our latest two projects that we're working on, Mm -hmm. you know, we're able to split the responsibilities. Um, And I'm honestly used to working in small teams doing big stuff. You know, I've been fortunate to work with startups who just taught me how to work with small teams yeah. and do a ton. So sometimes I get overwhelmed, um, but I actually, I've worked through that a lot. I used to um, actually suffer with it a lot, but now I make a point to at least one day in the week, like no emails, no anything like that, you know, just we have that reset. At the end of the day, it's like, I'll stop. And I actually don't really do like 12, 14 hour days. I pretty much stop my days at eight hours. I actually had a call with somebody and he was like, hey, how do you love your like 14 hour days? I'm like, that life is behind me. I'm not doing that. If yeah, I have to do that, that, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm doing it right now. I'm in startup mode. So every now and then I'll have like long days, but mm. I don't send emails at eight o'clock. You know, if I'm writing emails at eight o'clock, I schedule it for the next day. But what really helps me be more creative and have that space is being efficient with my time and doing it at a strong amount part of the day. Um, and my roommate and I, we have our TV shows that we watch together and I've been missing a lot of them. He's been watching without me, but for the most part, it's like, I have a few that, you know, we still try to watch together. I feel like I need to take that on a little bit more just because like working from home has been so tough because you literally live at work, right? So like after this, I'm probably going to go back to some emails and just like double check. Like I was just telling Rithu before you hopped on Zencaster, it's just like, I was just hopping between mic check and just running towards my emails <laughs> at the moment. Like I've got a whole setup like right behind here. It's a little bit. Oh my goodness. All the post-it notes and yeah. stuff, little nuts. But yeah, I just wish I had more time to just set aside time for myself so then I could be more creative. And then. I mean, I haven't perfected it. I'll say that, <laughs> you know, like some weeks I'm like overworked, like this week is a very crazy week. Um, but what's great about it is that I love what mm-hmm. I do, you know, and I'm building something and I know that it will pay off and, you know, I am putting in long hours, but I'm, I can't do five days or 12 hour days. I just can't, you know, I won't be able to function as a creative and like, how am I supposed to show up on that call and be on it if I'm exhausted? Absolutely. So it's been, it's still a learning process, but for the most part, 
I find that trusting in the confidence of myself helps me rest because I feel a lot of times people overwork because we're proving something to ourselves, someone else, imposter syndrome, you know, it could be all kinds of stuff. But I have like a bunch of calls for a lot of stuff in my real estate this month. And instead of like staying up all night, like practicing my pitch, it's like, I've practiced it. I pitched it. Let's sleep on it. Refresh, you know, in the morning or before the call and then just have confidence in yourself. I think a lot of times we think that we're not like capable of doing things, but if you bet on yourself, oftentimes you'll win. And I think that's where I struggle. Like I, (laughs) I work so much, like all the time and I enjoy it. I get like a lot of people are like, oh, I need downtime to like relax. But I I get a sense of accomplishment and that like fuels my spirit and my soul. Mm -hmm. And I, I run after that all the time. But then sometimes I find myself being like, okay, I need to take a step back. Like I need to just have faith in myself and like have some confidence in myself to know that I will do a good job because one I've done it like a million times before and also that confidence shows something to the people that I'm working with about me Mm -hmm. and who I am as a person and the work that I do right right so I definitely I definitely need to take a lesson from your book about that it's still a process for me but you know in this time of Downtime, I've really made, I mean, since March, since the pandemic happened, I basically took this time to be like, first, when am I going to get this pause ever in my life? Probably not again. You know, (laughs) like after this, we're going to be like commuting 30 minutes to go somewhere, paying for parking, buying the coffee, having the 45 minute meeting. You know, we actually lose a lot of our day when we do all that and it adds so much stress. So I've actually been used to working, you know, not super long days because I don't have to do all that commuting and everything. You can pack a lot in. I've been making concerted effort to find balance because um, in the past, actually three years ago, I really struggled with anxiety and I mean, got to the point where I made myself sick. I literally had to take six weeks off work because I was just so stressed out and everything was an emergency. It's like, I was just like selling office space and everything was an emergency. I'm like, I'm not curing cancer. And at the end of the day, like life is not about that. Life is about, you know, your friendships and your childhood experiences and love and all these amazing things. So at the end of the day, like when I look at like my to-do list and everything, if I don't accomplish everything, I'm cool with it because that's not what life is about. Mm-hmm. You know, if at 7 p.m. my roommate is like, let's have a dance party and let's watch Beyonce Black is King for the 10th time, I'm going to do that <laughs> because <laughs> um, Beyonce is important and my life is, my happiness is important, right? But overall, like happiness is important. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, when it's all said and done, the things we're going to remember most is our families and those experiences. And yes, working important. And yes, it like fuels our life. And yes, it gives us purpose. But at the end of the day, like, do you really want a life where you worked for like 60 years, like 12 hour yeah. days every day? Like that is not a life. So like three years ago, I started my road to wellness. I actually worked for a wellness company for a while, um, selling essential oils. And it was phenomenal. <laughs> um, I actually worked at Sage. You guys probably know Sage because they're yeah, yeah, the we headquarters, have just right down yeah. the street over here. Yeah. yeah. They're there. It was so funny. Like I ended up working at Sage totally random and it was the best thing that could have happened to me because <laughs> now my house is still full of Sage. You know, I have Daydream <laughs> right here with my diffuser. Beautiful. You know, I have a car thing. I have, <laughs> but what that job taught me was really learning it was all about like how wellness is just key and important to your happiness Mm -hmm. 
when you look at people, some of the people who are the most successful are the people who know how to take care of themselves the best. And that's ultimately what it's about. Now that you're like working at home, um, I guess like what inspires you and like boosts your creativity or do you ever feel stifled by like working (laughs) from home or not feeling as creative when you're working from home or like where do you find your creativity? Yeah, that's interesting because I mean, I've been this type of person who would always like go to coffee shop or go to any other. And one practice that I've um, gotten to is getting outside within like 20 minutes of waking up. Mm. Um, So I really just try to like get a walk in. You know, it's just kind of like a routine, drink some lemon water, you know, coffee with Bulletproof and just get moving. Um, And that starts my creativity um, at the beginning. And what's cool about working from home is that I can like go to the park at 4 p.m. or just like do drives to the beach at, you know, 7 or 8 just to watch the sunset. So what's been helping me with my creativity um, is just getting out because my apartment's not huge, (laughs) you know. Um, there's been some redecoration, but there's not much I can do within this thousand square feet. So, um, (laughs) it's just been using the world as my oyster. I mean, in doing it safely, obviously, but I bought like a beach chair and I take that beach chair to the park. I take it to the beach. Um, and I'll just do like runs and nightly walks. And so I'm finding a lot of inspiration, um, in nature. And what I love about nature is, I mean, I saw one of the most beautiful butterflies I've ever seen in my life today, just walking around um, and taking that time just to, you know, pause and take 15 minutes just to enjoy the atmosphere just gives you a bird's eye view of life because we can get stuck in Slack messages and the emails and LinkedIn and all these things. And we think that's what life is about. And then swiping and waiting for the likes after the post that you did like over and over and over again versus turning that off and walking outside and being like, Oh, you know, I can just be right now. And that's when, you know, the creativity and ideas come for me. You know, I'll come back after that and I'll be like, we do have another podcast idea. Let's produce it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yes, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. So for me, it's been um, just taking as much time to feel like I go outside because otherwise I feel like I'm a rat in a hamster wheel just going because we're stuck. I feel you know? you. And oftentimes we can get stuck watching the news and I'll do COVID free days where I'm just not thinking about it and just don't even read the news because. Oh my God, you know, I need to do that. That's so clever. Oh my gosh. That's so smart. I need to do COVID free days. Like, I wake up in the morning sometimes and I'm like thinking about COVID. I'm like, who's making me think about this? This is outrageous. <laughs> like when I have happy hours over Zoom or whatever with friends, it's like, oh, COVID. It's like, obviously, you know, we know what's happening and it's terrible and tragic in so many different ways. but. Yeah. This is still the only life I have to live, and I'm gonna live some COVID free days because we got to. You know, it's we a crappy to. situation that we're that the whole world is in. But at the end of the day, you know what matters is the butterflies that we see and the conversations that we have with friends and just the creativity that we can do. And COVID can't stop that. That's very true. Yeah. I mean, Amen. It can, but yeah. But <laughs> you know, for the most part, like it can't. COVID can't keep us down. Oh my goodness. We're through after this. You and I need to like buy some but essential oils. We need to have a COVID free day. Buy some essential oils. Have some bath bombs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember the last time I just like had a like a bubble bath. So I think I might do that tonight. You you deserve it. I'm going to do that tonight too. I haven't used my tranquility swish yet. I got to use it. <laughs> 
do you have any advice for people who want to work in the same field as you that want to get into the whole creative industry that, for example, if you look back on where you were when you were younger, Mm -hmm. like what advice would you give to yourself Mm -hmm. when you got started? Yes, I would give myself the advice not to fear failure. Because a lot of times what stops people from doing what they want to do is like overthinking it and just reasoning themselves out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was working with my life coach and one of the key phrases he told me is that fear is fake. Um, and when you think about it, like, especially when it comes to running your own business, a lot of it is fake. You know, what I did um, initially was when I came up with the idea, I pitched it to people and then they were like, oh, it's a great idea. And actually for a while, I didn't do anything with it. But once I got that concept in my head, I just started going and some advice I actually got from my mom that I love, she says, you know, ask people questions and, you know, or ask them to hire you for your services. And if they say no, you're back in the place where you used mm-hmm. to be, which is fine. It's like you have a home, you probably have food, you have friends, you know, it's still a great place to be. But if they say yes, it propels you forward. So why not? You know, just try yeah. it is what I say. Um, and I would also say, you know, get some trusted advisors around you. Because when people do say yes, you have a lot of things that you have to do, you know, the nuts and bolts Mm -hmm. of stuff. So I've learned a lot about like CRMs and having like an accountant and making contracts, 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 contracts are very important. (laughs) I've realized, um, (laughs) learned that the hard way. (laughs) Um, So, you know, just go for it, but then also set yourself up for success. And honestly, there are so many free resources Mm -hmm. out there, like the accounting and, contract software I use is like nothing everything from like producing podcasts we can produce it from literally around the world we're literally we're right now in two different countries and we're making the podcast right now you know there's no excuse if you want to start making a music video use your iPhone Lady Gaga did the last music video on an iPhone like there literally is no excuse not to create these days the only thing stopping yourself is yourself and that might be a hard pill to swallow but if you really have the passion for it why not? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was just very neat yeah. to see people use the pandemic as a source of like, you know, being creative in their own way and just, you know, being resourceful with what they have to create art. Yeah. Right. And you can make yourself be very professional. Like, mm-hmm. for example, I, for my calendar, start again, like getting really booked. So I started using Calendly. And when you send somebody a Calendly link, they're like, oh my gosh, he's really legit. He has like up scheduling <laughs> on his calendar. And I'm like, it just helps me and it helps you. Um, but that's a free yeah. resource, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm, been using HoneyBook for like my invoices and contracts and that's super cheap you know um Google Docs has like everything that you need I mean just like all these resources are literally at your fingertips um there's so many podcasts that are out there that you can listen to everything from Gary Vee to the millions of other podcasts mm-hmm. where you can get so many good resources you know Google is just a step away from success like literally you can Google how to do this and then start doing it yeah, because Ritu and I had no idea how to start a podcast, or sometimes I even feel like sometimes we still don't really know what we're doing, but you know, we're just, <laughs> we're, still we're still learning, learning. we're still you learning, know, it's a learning curve for each and every yeah. one of us, so yeah, just do yeah. what we love. Yeah, I, I awesome. totally, I totally identify with like, kind of using the resources around me to get creative during the quarantine and during like the pandemic, because I've done so much since March and now for my creative stuff that Mm -hmm. I'm shocked. (laughs) I'm like genuinely shocked because I'm 
doing everything that I love mm. doing and it's like feeding my soul. So that's the only thing that's like making me not freak out about the fact that it's a pandemic right now. <laughs> Is right. that like I get to do the things that I love that actually make me feel like I'm in the direction or going in the direction that I actually want to go. Yeah. And that's what right. you wanted right. for so long. Whereas like I'm over here and I've made like oh. five different types of banana bread. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm low-key jealous of that life. I should have learned to bake more, but there's time. There's always time. There yeah. is time. There's always yeah. time. And banana bread is super it's easy. Very easy. Really? Yeah. Okay. yeah. I just wanted to kind of uh, switch gears and kind of go back to when we were talking about human and we we were talking about level 12, but I sense a theme because you were talking about social justice. In terms of activism and art, what, what kind of role do you think that art plays for you in showcasing activism and like helping further a cause? So obviously with human, you talked about the Black Lives Matter movement and with level 12 you're going to focus on youth in group housing and all of that so what role do you think it plays art for me for activism is my voice you know if i was a politician i'd probably be running for office or doing speeches or if i was a writer i'd be writing blogs and things but art for me is my voice and i think it's one of the most powerful voices out Mm -hmm. there for this because you know what started the protests around the world video did you know, that tragic video that we all saw. Um, And it's a medium that can have profound impact. So for me, I find that it's a place where I can tell a story and tell a narrative. Um, And my purpose with everything that I make is to help people feel something in some way. Um, I think comedies are great and stuff, and I'm actually producing a comedy as well um, in the future. (laughs) Um, But overall like even with that project you know it's about to bring some sort of feeling some sort of action to people so for me the place art um plays in activism is to activate actually people yeah but yeah, um, what what do you currently observe in our society and community that you feel needs to be addressed through through different means of art or through film where do i begin <laughs> um <laughs> oh yeah everything i mean like human trafficking um poverty homelessness um, the healthcare system taxing billionaires i mean everything um when it comes to that um i don't know i for me i want to make something about everything about climate change you know it's all important to me i want there to be a future without activism um and that would be great if we can make it through art yeah i just think that's super fascinating and i would also love to just you know use this platform that we've created through our podcast to just story tell and share other people's stories on here as well as just you know elevate voices of you know other people and mm-hmm. you know other issues that are happening as well around the world so yeah i think that's just really inspiring and just to sort of backtrack with the Black Lives Matter movement, I just want to hear about like, you know, your experiences, mm-hmm. you know, have you participated in any protests in LA while it was sort of pre-COVID or maybe during COVID? Yeah, so actually, um, my roommate and I and some friends, we went to about um, 
four protests wow. I went to. Wow. Um, and I actually hadn't been to any before, and I felt a little ashamed by it, but there's no need to be. Um, you know, I was just learning a lot about it. And um, I went out in them, you know, with masks and everything. And it was one of the most impactful things I've ever done. Um, I think everybody should do it at some point. Um, the media shows it to be the most dangerous place ever. It's really mm -hmm. not. You know, it's it's always going to be people out there doing stuff. Um, but the majority of it is peaceful, like, protests about it. You know, I posted some videos when um, when I went to them, and the videos that I posted got some of the most traction than any of my other videos because I showed the peace and the beauty in there. You know, I was walking with a drum line, and people were, like, dancing, and, you know, I had signs and everything, and it actually really gave me so much hope for humanity um when a lot of times you can like read the news and get on twitter and look at what the trolls are saying and think that there's no hope um but when a hundred thousand people can show up during a pandemic to get together for something that that's powerful um and i'm really glad that i experienced that you know with my friends and i've had so many amazing conversations with you know my white friends and friends of all different um cultures about this and i've been so grateful that they've um, reached out to me, you know, some, like, I've pointed them to resources to read, some we've had conversations, um, but more than ever um, with the Black Lives Matter movement and just racial injustice, I've seen people actually stand up and seek out to do something, um, and my feed has, like, calmed down a bit, but I'm actually still very much seeing people doing things, and it's actually started to go into more things, so what I've been seeing, like, people that have been posting about Black Lives Matter, they're now posting about what you can do to help Lebanon. They're now posting about human trafficking more. I'm actually seeing people post more things for action. So I think the Black Lives Matter movement has been important for society. You know, a lot of times there are people are like, you know, the whole All Lives Matter thing. It's like, well, All Lives Matter until, don't matter until yeah. Black Lives Matter. But the Black Lives Matter thing has started to be like, okay, we need to hyper-focus on this because this is who is being hurt right now and the people who are dying right now. And once we have that fuel within us, it should, if you're actually actively looking at it, open your eyes to other issues. You know, um, if I had unlimited wealth, I mean, I would just be giving it all away like crazy to so many different mm -hmm. things. Yeah. Um, I'm not in the place I can do that right now. But um, actually, I didn't I share this aspect of my company. So there is an aspect of my company where um, every client um, does a give back oh, okay. because I partnered with a charity called Charity on Top where a portion of all your fees you pay for me, you get a gift card that you could donate to over 1.5 million charities because the charity that's charity so, on top. That's incredible. <laughs> Thank <Wow>. you. <laughs> you. Yeah, charity on top, you buy a gift card from them and you can donate at any 501c3. Mm. So with me, not only do you work with the creative, you get a lower rate, but you also get a gift card to do good back in the world. Um, so because I want to solve every issue, I've made it a foundation of my company for my clients to be able to do that on their behalf. More people should do this. I don't understand why more people haven't done this. <laughs> I don't know why idea. more people don't do this, yeah. actually. Yeah, that's so cool. But you did make an interesting note. <laughs> I feel like the whole Black Lives Matter movement was almost like a wake-up call to, you know, like a positive snowball into other mm -hmm. other people taking action, like whether it's through Instagram or, so or social media or actually like people that I wouldn't expect, like going out there like protesting as well and like making their voices heard and actually trying to make a difference and make an impact in the world today. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think, you know, the world's definitely shifted in this year. It's, it's a strange year in so many different circumstances, but I think a lot of mindsets have definitely 
been shifted or, you know, they are changing in this time, in these unprecedented times and unseen circumstances. Yes, <laughs> right. And what, what I've also noticed is that, we, you know, with the with the people talking about, like, helping with Lebanon and with all of those, like, with human trafficking and all of that, I feel like people are less afraid to say how they really mm-hmm. feel. Right. Like, people are Finally. just, like, out there being yeah. like, I'm saying what I'm saying, and you either like it or you don't. Yeah. Right. And I have, like, I, three friends who I follow who, like, every time I go there, I was like, this is the activism story, let's go. Um, and I like learn stuff and I start following things and then all of a sudden I'm missing five dollars because I donated to this. And, you know. But it, it feels so it feels so great to see so many people just actively talk about it because I think people were afraid before. People were afraid mm-hmm. of what people thought of them and how they would be perceived or like you know, all of this, but I remember seeing somewhere, it's like, if you're not annoying, you're not getting the point That's across. very true. <laughs> and right. like, if you want to get, if you want to get shit done, you have to be annoying about it. And you have to like, speak up and use your voice because otherwise it's never going to happen. And you can see that evidence by everything that's going on right now. Right. And I would like, I used to be afraid because I had like a very, different like community of people that when Black Lives Matter started happening I was like what are they going to think about me but when I started speaking up what ended up happening was people were like oh my gosh they were listening to me more intently about it because they trusted me so you know I mean there's so many different things to share you don't have to share the most crazy thing out there because people shared in different ways but you know there are heartfelt things that are written there like there's going to be 100% something that you can connect with or if there isn't that find it make it take a photo, you know, listen to a song, like take 20 minutes and like reflect on this. You know, some of the most powerful posts I've seen have been um, friends who I never thought I'd see post about it, post the most amazing heartfelt things. And it was just them searching within themselves. And, you know, that actually starts to change minds and that makes an impact. And that actually moves um, the mission forward because it shows it as a human issue. With all of these issues, it comes down to that we are human beings suffering. Mm why we can do something about it by just helping our neighbor i heard this quote and it's it's so it's so accurate but it's not it's not just a racial issue but it's a humanitarian one and because it's it's all of us and we just want equality and we just want equality for like everyone yeah exactly my friends we are at the one hour are we Okay. So that went by so quick, but um, Matthew, I wanted to thank you so much for your time today. I feel like we talked about some really great stuff today. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time um, to chat with us. This was awesome. This was very eye-opening, and like course. I always love yeah. like connecting with other creatives and just like learning about you know what they do and how they started up. And yeah, this was really cool. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. Matthew, do you want to plug your social media? Yes. So on social media, my personal social media is Mojo Adam underscore. Um, and my company social media, Rainbow Creative, is Rainbow Creative underscore. And there you can see the link tree to all my different projects that I'm working on. Um, on my personal Instagram, there will be dance parties and Beyonce and inspirational <laughs> stuff and, and things. Say last, and, I'll be there. <laughs> um, on Rainbow Creative. <laughs> Um, and on Rainbow Creative there will be um, all the fun stuff that I'm doing in the realm and you'll be able to follow the podcast that I'm producing and just follow the journey and I would yeah I really appreciate you all taking the time and this is really fun thank you and Rithu did you want to plug us plug us as well (laughs) 
Yeah. So you can follow us on Here to Chit Talk for behind the scenes clips and cool little waveforms that Annika makes because we post a lot of stuff on there. I need to post um, more. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. And uh, we'll see everyone next yeah, time. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Bye, Bye. everyone.